You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hey guys, welcome to The Tap and Go. My name is Matt. My name is Freddie. Each week we bring you your rugby fix with interviews with past and present rugby professionals and we get their views on the latest sporting issues. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Tap and Go. Sadly, Matt's still wrapped up in work in America, so you just got me today. But don't worry, we're still going to have a cracking episode. Today we're joined by the youngest Worcester Warriors player ever to start a game in Premiership history. It's of course Mr Finn Smith. Finn, how are we? Yeah, very well, thanks mate. How are you? Yeah, very well. So it's been a bit of a hectic season for you, obviously. But just before we get into what's happened this season, your sort of rise up to starting for Worcester, I just want to learn a little bit more about how you sort of got to where you are. So has rugby always been like the dream for you? A um, bit of a weird one, actually. So growing up from about age four, um, I was massive in rugby. I've got an older brother who loves it. My dad loves it. My granddad played a lot. So he was Scottish international and went on the 55 Lions tour or something weird like that. So he, he, they all love it. It's a big rugby family. And then I sort of had this sort of sticky middle around age eight to ten-ish, where I was playing way more tennis than I was playing rugby. So I was a massive tennis guy, like before school, lunch times, I'd nip out, play for an hour. After school, down to the club, and then around age 12-ish, went to Warwick School, obviously, and that's a massive rugby school. And it was just sort of like, you know, one or the other, and obviously all my mates playing rugby, so that was kind of the route I took, and one I've not sort of looked back on since, so yeah. Real good. Yeah, so what sort of age did you get started getting into academy? So a lot of our listeners are sort of based in that teenage, young teenage, sort of tw- early 20s sort of age bracket, and all some of them are very keen getting into rugby. So sort of when did you start pushing on into the Worcester setup? Um, I think it was sort of the most generic way you can do it, really. So under 13s, I think DPP starts. You get the whole email from your school or come down to training, and then from there you progress on. Gets cut at under 15s, and then you get cut again at under 16s, and you're still sort of in it, and you're like, oh, hang on, we've got a bit of a go at this. And then you get cut again at under 18s, and you're like, you know what, I'm going to really push at this. So, But sort of, yeah, and then obviously under 18s kicks on, and then you get get senior academy and all of that so that's what we're doing now but yeah i was sort of followed the generic group just training every day with the development squad and then trying to just hang on in as much as i could so obviously you talk about the cuts and everything like that was there any ever stage that you thought oh this might not potentially be i might not be good enough to get there 
there was obviously a few, few, a couple of times. Um, I've sort of felt fairly comfortable at Worcester. There was, they'd obviously the coaches were good, sort of give, give me confidence, sort of being very open, telling me where I was. There was a few tough times when obviously mates get cut and you're sort of left in there, and it's a bit like, oh god, yeah, that's pretty tough. But no, I've sort of been lucky enough to sort of hang on in there, so good. And so obviously, in the last maybe on down to like sort of the last twelve months, you sort of moved upwards into the first team squad you've obviously had quite big squad involvement how did that sort of process come about where you sort of said right Finn we want you to come up and join the big boys as it was um I think I give give a lot of credit to the 20s guys actually so they've been sort of fighting my corner quite a lot of Worcester I think it's down to a lot of the good feedback that they've been giving back to the club which probably made the club go oh no you know what we'll give this guy a, a guy a go um Obviously, you're probably aware that everyone trains and all the time, and you, you look at it like the older guys, they've played, what, 80 minutes every weekend for the last however many weeks. So it's quite common for younger guys to be doing pretty well in training, but coaches just sort of don't think too much of it because obviously, you know, you've got broken bodies, etc., running around just trying to get fit for the weekend. So, yeah, I think it was just down a lot to the guys at 20s for putting a good word in for me. And then we had a sort of mid, mid-season mid game against Bath, like the older guy, I think it was after like a crazy thing, like nine-week, ten-week block that the you know, starting boys had just been churning out games every single weekend. And I think the club just went, you know what, um, I think we're going to give the other lads a go. Um, I actually was quite ballsy. I had a, just went into the head coach's office and just sat down and said, like, look, like, what more can I do? Because I'd been just sitting on the bench for quite a lot of games and just not getting on. I think I had about three in a row. And I was like, oh, no, here we go again. But And he was like, look, we're going to be completely honest. I think we're going to give you a go this week. And I was just sort of like, wow, like, this is this is it, kind of. Like, you need to find your balls now. So, yeah, we just sort of did that. Had a really, really good training week and then went out to Bath. Um not sure if you're aware what happened that game. He went 40-0 down at half time, and I was thinking, like, right, I think you're about your depth here. But luckily, we came back into it second half and had a couple of nice touches, which was good. And um, it was crazy, like coming out out after that, like checking my phone, it had, like gone mad, and I was like, blimey, this is pretty cool. Like Twitter's like going crazy, and I was like, this is this is yeah, this is really what I want want to do. So yeah, that was pretty surreal to be honest. Yeah, I was going to come on to the Bath game in a sec. We might as well touch on it now. You've gone to it. So obviously, if those don't, so you guys are forty nil down at half time. It's your first start for the club. So what was said at that half time break? Sort of like as a coach, having seen obviously teenagers starting, they could have very easily just pulled you straight off and said, "Oh, unlucky, we'll go again again soon." But they left you on. Is there anything in particular that was said to you? Um, nothing much from the coaches. To be honest, the coaches were more going mad at the forwards, which is quite nice for us. Our attack coach sort of came and sat with the backs and were just like lads like there's not much more you can do um i think i had a few of the senior boys who were like on the bench or traveling reserves that day sort of come up to me and go like look mate like none of this is like down to you like just keep going like you hopefully you'll get a chance at some point to show what you can do and like, it was quite i think they all just were like just like poor kid like he's coming here and he's had an absolute stinker of a first half to, to put up with but you know, after the game we all sort of said like look it mate like that's your first start it's not going to get any worse than that 40 nil down at half time so at least you at least you've got that one out of the way so that was quite funny any players in particular who are particularly good to you at that, in that break um billy sell so he's the guy he was like the guy that i've sort of gone to quite a lot of sort of help with fly half stuff so he he's a good lad so he sort of came and put his arm around me and was like jesus mate like it's happened to the best of us just crack on and like you'll get you'll get a go so no, he, he was good he was on the bench that day so he was he was pretty helpful all week so 
some credit to him. Going back out, what did you change? How did you go about that second half to try and you know get something out of the game? Because you guys did get the the bonus point in the second half. Yeah, I mean to be fair, like it's sort of the way the game went. We just got a little bit more opportunity. I think Bath had a couple of injuries. I think Priestland went off. I think they had to put Ben Spencer onto the wing and stuff like that. So they're a little bit um, less organised. And credit to our forwards, they actually fronted up in the second half, which actually gave us back a bit more opportunity. But we just said like, look. What's the worst that can happen? We're just going to play a bit of rugby, and we we ended up just chucking the ball around. To be fair, it was a bit of a bit of a loose second half, but we got some good rewards out of it. So that was what the main thing we changed. We sort of said, "Blind, we're going to have a go at this." So yeah, so we're just going to go back a couple of steps and about your sort of early days and get started when you started getting integrated with the first team and in training. Um, have you got any stories about where obviously you, the young 18, 19 year old, who's joined all these sort of twenty eight year old, thirty year old pros that've been settled in? Like any good stories that you from when you first joined? Um, there's nothing, nothing that really sticks out to me. I remember the, one of the weirdest things, like we'd just been talking about, like, oh, like just catching up, like, oh, you've got a girlfriend and stuff. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, like you've been blah, blah, blah. And then one of them goes, like, oh, cool, like, I've got a wife and three kids. And that's just sort of when it hits you, like, what what on earth is this? And then you're sort of like, I'm, I'm really here with some proper old men. So that, that's probably the main one that sticks out to me. But like, they're all pretty good lads, to be fair. And they, I think they like coming in, they sort of try and not myself, but they, they try and live their younger days through us boys and try and hear stories about our nights out and stuff like that and whatnot that goes on. So now they're all, they're all pretty good, to be fair. What do you think was the hardest thing you found? Sort of, obviously, you were at school and you came pretty much straight out of school into this. What was sort of like the hardest thing about adjusting? Um, I struggled quite a lot just like confidence-wise, just like mentally. Um, it was weird, like just like how much pressure like young guys just put on themselves like, like even the basic things that like, i was in training just like and a ball would be passed towards me i'd be like shitting myself like oh my god am i going to catch this like the most basic stuff that you've been doing for 18 years like everything just sort of piles upon you um and it almost just takes like a bit of an opportunity just where someone just comes and goes like mate like you look like you're struggling a bit like just do you do you and then like a bit of a kick that can just come from anywhere just to sort of get your head back in it and then you're fine but like it was so weird for me like coming through school like, i think everyone experiences it like you're meant to be the guy that's sort of like leading training sessions etc and then you come in and all of a sudden you can't you can't pass to somebody you can't kick you can't catch and you're like oh my god especially as a fly half you're expected to do all the like the leadership stuff and trying to like shout at boys and then i'm there like can't even bloody pass like trying to trying to shout at boys they're probably just laughing at me like who's this guy trying to tell me what to do so no it was, it was a bit of a struggle but we pulled on through quite well after like first three four weeks had passed and then i sort of settled in and i'm doing all right after that and obviously you are so young so you're still managing to sort of find the balance between being a professional rugby player who's got to go out every week to do training and still being the teenager still enjoying yourself obviously covid's probably made that a little bit trickier but even so yeah yeah, to be fair, I was surprised. Like that's that's one thing maybe I'd say. Like it's quite nice that you probably can have a bit more of a social life and a bit more enjoyment than you'd probably expect. Like it's not all just bloody lifting weights and sleeping and doing all that. You, we've had some good. We've been going like we have some good socials a couple times a year. Like those get pretty messy. You can go out like not every weekend, but you can enjoy yourself and stuff like that. So there is definitely more social aspect to it. I think that's one of the good things about rugby is definitely more than just like having having a good laugh and being a good bloke and having beers at the weekend is definitely part of it. So, yeah, it's good. And one thing you sort of touched on probably two or three minutes ago is how you spent a couple of times on the bench without coming on um, before you actually got your first, got your debut. And one thing your coach saying is that 
all those were tight games and he didn't feel like he wanted to, for your own sake, put you on because if you're the young kid who messes up and loses a tight game, the effect, negative effect that could have on you and potentially your mental health and stuff. Obviously, mental health is such a big thing, especially when there's so many young people who seem to be struggling within professional sports. Um, is there anything that Worcester have done for you which has really helped like, sort of keep yourself positive? Um, like, yeah, we have sort of regular meetings with our like, academy manager. He just sort of checks up on us. Actually, I, the one thing I was really surprised on is like how aware a lot of like the boys are about it. Like, there's no sort of, which is really nice. There's no sort of like, oh, like hard man, like stigma, like you'd kind of expect going into this. Like, just an example. Like, we've had one of our young lads like has really struggled this year. He's had a stress fracture in his back, like being out for a year, and like the amount of like support he's had just from like senior boys coming up to him, like mate, like if you ever need a chat, like I know how dark a place it is, like. I've been through it myself. Like, if you want a coffee, like, come catch up. Like, just little things like that. Like, he, I speak to him. He just says, like, it's made such a big difference that, like, others have gone through it. And, like, it sort of shows you, like, there's light at the end of the road. Because I would say injuries are sort of the main thing that can really sort of put you in a bit of a dark place. So, like, actually, that's probably the main thing I've been really, really impressed with is, like, the other lads sort of just every day as well. Like, oh, how are you mentally? Like, you're getting on all right. So, good things like that. That actually just keeps everyone, like, looking after each other. Yeah, mental health, one thing we try to focus on, we're partnered with Lucet, and obviously the effect they're having on the game is incredible, and it is, you, it is shocking to see these stories every, it's almost every month you hear about someone in, within professional sport and rugby who's been really struggling, so that's good to hear. So obviously the last sort of month, two months, two months, so the big thing for you is you got your under-20s debut, we had obviously had the Six Nations, and England managed to pull for that, so sort of talk to us about the process of you finding out that you're in the squad, and sort of how that all came about. Um, so it's been like quite a long year so it started off November time they're doing like internal games like those sort of I'm not sure how aware you are about all of that and then they sort of keep like regular camps ticking over um, and then they've played a lot of games so they've had like games against Newcastle games against Scotland and Wales and stuff and it's been strange for me because I've been sort of in at the club while they've been doing all of this and you sort of sat at home thinking like blindly like these guys are doing so well like putting 50 points on other countries like I'm not going to get into this like <laughs> kind of panicking and stuff um and then obviously comes come around to the end of the year they have like a big announcement you get an email the day before the squad comes out to everyone and then you're sort of like phew like finally like all right um can sort of relax a little bit and then head to cardiff and it was just the most like amazing month like credit to the boys like a group of lads like such good fun because it can be pretty dark um you know just staying in a month the whole time just in this hotel and to be fair to the rfu they're pretty good so they put on quite a lot of events for us like we go out play golf like um they'd have like regular meals that they could book out for us like stuff like go to water parks things like that because i think they were aware as well like a month and a bit in a hotel is pretty bad for your mental health so they had to kind of look out for us all and try and get us to do certain activities so yeah it was pretty pretty enjoyable to be fair yeah, I think that's good from the RFU, especially given the fact that as being in the 20s, you like probably got less experience in your professional lifestyle as such. It probably would have a bigger effect on you than it would, say, a 20, the, the current England squad now. So when did you first become aware that like the England squad was in reach? Obviously, obviously you only, only made your debut in Six Nations, but you say in November you were start, started to tick over. Um, I think it was sort of start of the year, like, I, uh, it's, it's kind of a strange one. I think as soon as, like, maybe I had my opportunities with Worcester, that then your, your eyes sort of open, like, oh, I might be, might be involved here. So in those North South games, I sort of sat, off the, sat on the bench quite a lot, like, didn't really play much rugby, and I was like, look, this is, this is pretty, pretty out of my reach, I'd imagine, this year. Like, we're just 
try and plod through and next year we'll do well um then sort of had a bit of a look in at worcester and i was like, oh hang on maybe we'll have a bit more of a chance and then they announced the eps around i think it was january time and after that i was like okay like this is something that i'm really really quite determined to take as one of my goals this year so yeah around then probably and then obviously your first cap came around that was against france in the first game and similarly to your first start for bath you guys were down at half time france had a very quick start um what was sort of what was going through your head then were you thinking oh god here we go again it seems to be seems to be yeah. every time it was a weird one because i think at bath like we sort of felt like it was just completely like domination we were like we're just getting nothing here like they're just coming back at us like beating us up in the pack they'd go out wide and they'd beat us up whereas for some reason against france like i just didn't have a feeling like we we're ever out of the game i think it was 21 nil down after what 12 minutes like most people were hitting panic button at that point but i just sort of felt like they were just taking like one out chances like we were pretty comfortable defending them and it was just tiny little lapses that you sort of felt like once we get these out of the way, we're, we're going to fly back into them. So it was quite weird. I sort of felt pretty relaxed and pretty comfortable. And you saw how much of a surge we came back into the game. Like once we sorted out, it was our attacking breakdown. They must have got about 100 jackal penalties against us. So once we sorted that out, we were we were pretty pretty flying at them. So it was weird. Like it wasn't too, wasn't too scary for what it seemed. So when did you find out you were starting that game? Um, it was just, it was probably on the Tuesday, so we went to, we were in Bisham Abbey for a week before, and then got, uh, travelled up to Cardiff, so it was on the Tuesday, found out, and then went and trained. It was quite a, quite a surprise, to be fair, because there'd been, one of the lads, Tommy Matthews, he'd been playing in all the sort of internal games, had been doing really well, and I think he was pretty confident, so it was a bit of a surprise, but, no, he was good, just like said, like, well done if you need anything, and then we were, we were pretty much into it from there, just a couple of, couple of training sessions, and then, straight in, in in Cardiff but it's, it was weird the 20s experience I think it's one of those things that maybe once when you're in the environment you don't realize that how like cool it is that you're doing this stuff with like a load of guys from other clubs and then you step out of it and like you really miss it because you know it's pretty special representing your country and things like that and all the support that you maybe didn't realize you had from back home is sort of like made aware to you more so so obviously you guys got across the line you won against I think it was 38 something rather in at the end of it what were your emotions after that game? It was a big sense of relief first you got the result, but then also did it sort of hit you? Yeah. It was a weird one. We haven't had, had a few boys taking the piss out of me, actually, because that was actually the first game that I'd won all season, I think, <laughs> like, genuinely. So it was like, I was I was ecstatic, like, buzzing, and I couldn't figure out whether that was just because, like, I hadn't won in so long, or, like, it was just, like, a crazy feeling, like, your first cap your country first win and stuff so now the emotions are amazing like boys in the change room like just all smiles on faces and like i was i think i was the most happy i've ever on pretty much because i just like two things coming together like finally a win and finally like representing country and like sharing it with all these good lads so it was it was a pretty pretty emotional day like there was a lot of a lot of boys like on the edge of tears so it was good nah really really special day obviously the main shame though is that also I believe that on the 26 Nations played behind closed doors, so you didn't have any family or friends there. Was there a sort of a little bit of, like upset that no one could be there to share it with? It seems someone people were a lot closer to you. Yeah, so it was. We were quite lucky actually. So the first game it was empty, and then after that we got we got allocated two tickets per game, so pretty minimal. So, but you had so mum or dad or maybe a couple of friends who'd come and, and make make a bit more noise than the other parents would because they'd been enjoying themselves for about five hours before they got in. So that was that was good. But um, 
they they were pretty they were pretty good at it. To fair the RFU, they did a Zoom call which all the parents could join when we got our caps, and then on the last game they could all come and sit in the stand, and then we got to meet them afterwards and like have photos with the trophy and all this. So no, it was it was a bit of a shame. Like I had a lot of a lot of mates back home, pretty gutted, and I was gutted they couldn't be here, but like they were they were good back home, and just it was more important for me just to have mum and dad in the crowd just so they could sort of share it all with me. It's quite funny actually. Dad's a big Scot. He's he's a proud Scotsman. So I'm not sure how he, how keen he would have been. I think he would have been putting a bit of a fake smile on. So that, that was quite funny watching him try and grit through that. But no, I'm sure, sure they were pretty proud, which was nice. Yeah, it was good. 96, mate. So as you talk about, it was quite a long campaign. You wanted to all the games to play, and it's mostly probably the first time a lot of you would have played together. So how did the squad go about like sort of creating those links and trying to get a particular style of play? Yeah, it was it was quite nice. So we, our head coach Alan Dickens sort of um, he sort of gave us license that he wanted us just to play. Like we're quite a quite a UA team, just play to space. Like if we're on our line, he said like if there's if there's space for a crossfield kick or a thirty meter miss pass, then take it. Like we're not going to be that boring team that just you know plays plays pretty dull. So that was good. So he, he gave us that license. And to be fair, like. <laughs> I think from the selections he made, like, I think there was something like five fly halves in the squad or something stupid like that. So I think he was pretty keen for us just to chuck the ball around. So we're all on pretty pretty much the same page with that. And then credit to the forwards and whatever, we seem to just turn out to be a bit of a scrum and mall team. I don't know if you watched any games, but we must have scored about 12 mall tries. So, um, yeah, like we just sort of established this way, and it was it was good fun. So, yeah. That's good. I almost, I think... With especially young younger rugby, the young heads playing, you sort of want to give them that freedom to express themselves. You don't want to get them in and say, "Look, all right, lads, you're going to play phase, 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 then go wide, then phase again." It sort of allows you guys to show off why you're there and show off why you showcase your talent. Yeah, exactly. I think it was quite refreshing because obviously, like you do that at prem level, if we try and chuck the ball around, and then some defence eats you up, and the whole the whole social media is kicking off saying, "Oh, what's he doing?" Like blah blah blah. Everyone's race roasting you in the in the meeting on Monday morning. So it was quite nice just to have a bit of weight off your shoulders and just the feeling you could do whatever you wanted. And obviously, you touched on there's I think five fly, as you said, five fly halves in the squad. There's obviously I've Charlie I've played against personally since I was young, and we've had him on the podcast as well. Was there anything that you guys managed to like share different tips from each other? Obviously, playing at different clubs, sort of like trying to help each other's games. Yeah, it was nice to be fair. Like me, um, Charlie, and Orlando actually got on like really, really well. They were sort of the boys that I probably spent most of my time with when we were in camp. So that was that was quite nice. And then like bits and bobs. Um, try not to talk about rugby too much, but like, on off the pitch, like we just sort of like have like a jokey way, but we'd sort of challenge each other quite well. Like stuff around kicking and stuff around like little bits of how we do stuff. Um, they're all very different. Orlando's sort of probably the most flair out of all of us. Um, so he, like trying, me trying to learn some of his footwork and stuff like that was a bit of a, a bit of a no go. But I, I gave it a go. Um, and then like other guys like just really solid. So it was nice just being able to share it. But we try not to sort of nause too much with each other about it. I think it was once we're off the pitch, we just sort of have a bit of a laugh. So that was good. So did you talk about kicking competitions? What, what who was winning those? Pains me to say it, but Charlie was actually coming in hot like he was he weren't missing to be fair so i had to bloody fork out about 20 quid paying for his coffees and milkshakes so we had this we had this little milkshake tradition where we'd all go for a go for a pretty bad oreo milkshake before before each game day on the captain's run so i think i must have paid for every single one of charlie's because he was bloody wiping the floor with a pair of us so that was that was pretty tough to take especially from him um so yeah that was that was good fun so it's just little things like that that just sort of make you look forward to each each week you know what i mean so that's good charlie's 
boots wiped me with a few results as well. So it's not the first. Time. Yeah. yeah. Sadly, he didn't hear this. He'd hear this. His head will explode. Most vain guy I've ever met. That kid. <laughs> yeah. He loves himself. Um, yeah. <laughs> so looking forward, what are you? What sort of on personal note and as well as Worcester, what sort of your next goals? What are the aims? Um, I'd love to sort of. I feel like I've always said. I think the second year you get in your senior team, sort of like the one where the big one where you sort of establish yourself and really kick on, or you maybe kind of stall a little bit. So this year is quite. I've put quite a lot on, of emphasis on this year to really. I want to be you know pushing pushing prem squads every week and trying to you know try and try and put a little bit of stamp on it this year. I think the first year you always have in senior rugby is maybe just trying to get by and like not look too out of place and things like that. Whereas this year, you know, I'm trying to go in with a little bit more confidence and trying to maybe put my style of play on the league a little bit, which would be which would be a bit of a challenge. Um we've got some good good fly halves, so they'll they'll be really tough competition and hopefully just trying to soak up as much as I can from them as well. But no, it'll be, it'll be exciting this year and hopefully I can get a get a bit of game time to try and, you know, show show a little bit of myself. So you talk about your style of play, what like what is that? What is the Finsmith way? Um, I like to think that I'm probably that I've got a decent passing game. I can go at the line and see space fairly well. Um, fairly, I've always quite enjoyed having fairly like creative attacking kicking game as well, like crossfield kicks, little chips over, grubbers in behind, things like that. Um, probably something I've had to work on quite a lot is just like just basic like game management, just like the boring bits, but quite important when you're playing fly half at that level. So yeah, and then obviously like my defence, I probably like to think is a little bit of a point of difference. I've been struggling a bit this year. It was one of the biggest surprises I've had. So I've had pretty terrible shoulder stuff all year and I was like, Oh no, I'm not gonna be able to make it. Then like, oh no, it's fine, we'll just we'll just jab you and I'm like, oh, jab me and so I've had um local anesthetic jabs in both of my shoulders for pretty much every game I've played. So you're walking around with like floppy arms like this is this is fun. Welcome to welcome to pro rugby. So that was that was something that was a bit of a surprise. So yeah that hopefully my defence will be a little bit more confident this year. I've got two working shoulders so yeah. That's probably and as a club what are one of the hopes of Worcester next year? Um, be, I think it's a really exciting time for the club. I think you should you can see from the signings we've made, like we've got two starting lines coming to coming to play at Worcester, which has probably raised a few eyebrows. But I think now with the the direction we've got, the coaches are pretty ambitious. Um, so hopefully we'll be pushing. You know, we want to be a top six team sustainably and playing playing Champions Cup rugby and producing lots of internationals and things like that. So hopefully this year will be the turning point for us. So I think we'll be we'll be pushing further up the table, which would be nice. So you talk about so it's Rory and Duhan, isn't it? The two yeah. pretty big weapon, Duhan coming in. It's probably, as a fly half, probably quite exciting to know you've got him coming off his wing, you can yeah. get involved. How big an impact yeah, having those two for leadership, especially having been on this tour now, will have? Yeah, I think I think it'd be good for all of us. I think when you've got someone that's been playing with Dan Bigger and Owen Farrell and Finn Russell and now Marcus Smith, I think Duan will be expecting a lot of the fly half. So that that'll be good. Hopefully it'll push us up a little bit. And then you've got Rory obviously who's been carving up in the forwards and it'll hopefully give us a bit more direction in the pack. So I think yeah, and as you say, like leadership wise, like there's no no harm in having two British and Irish lines, but it should it should just be great for us, I think, especially if I'm I'm involved, like I can just my game plan all week will just be give Duan the ball and just see what he can do. So it should hopefully take a bit of pressure off off our shoulders a little bit, which would be nice. You touched on Marcus there, as obviously he's done his sort of like everyone's talked about Marcus Smith at the moment, how the last two months have changed, not changed his life, but seen his career just go upwards. As a young yeah. fly half, is that someone you definitely sort of like look up to and watch? Yeah, yeah, 100%. I mean, I think he's got quite a different um, 
game game to mind to be honest he's very you know athletic and he's got pretty ridiculous footwork and stuff like that so it's more just watching in awe rather than like oh, i can try and take bits and bobs out of that but no he's he's been flying hasn't he so you just gotta be super just ha- happy with how he's done and like credit to him he, like his rise has probably been the fastest i've ever seen in in rugby so i think he'll be he'll be he'll be flying for the next 10 years or so so it'll be hopefully someone that i can maybe be involved with in however many years and try and learn from him because i'm like how, how quickly he's progressed has been pretty pretty impressive eh? if he can do it why can't you <laughs> exactly something like that yeah <laughs> well finn thanks so much for coming on but just quickly obviously it'd be, we've got the lions tomorrow i thought we'd have a quick chat about that so any predictions for tomorrow's game yeah, um, I reckon I reckon the Springboks going to come back pretty hard. I mean, I thought they were um, not poor, but second half they sort of fell off a little bit. I don't know if you followed all the Twitter stuff that's going on at the moment with old Razzie giving it the big M. That's quite funny. So it'd be interesting to see the refs now. I think that's become sort of the main talking point a little bit, which is a bit of a shame. But um, no, nah, I think I think the Lions will, will creep over again. Um, hopefully we'll have Mara and Courtney just playing for the rest of the team like they did last time and then yeah hopefully have the third test maybe to give guys like Marcus and stuff like that a little bit of a go so no I reckon the Lions maybe 23-19 I think they'll, they'll sneak it yeah touch and go touch and go um, you, uh, you think, what, do you think Warren's got a team selection spot on? Uh, yeah to be fair I thought I thought Harris was going to come in for daily to be fair I'm not too surprised about that I thought Ali Price was a bit a bit hard done by I thought he played quite well so that was the only one maybe but no other, no, I think, no other changes you make? Ah, uh, no, I, I don't reckon so. I don't reckon so. It's quite. It's been an interesting tour with like how they've been playing against some pretty poor opposition. It's quite hard just to pick from form. So I think he's got the balance of credit in the bank between whoever and then guys who have done really well out there. Pretty, pretty, pretty spot on to be fair to him. So yeah, I think yeah. when you talk to other people, I think everyone's saying how Corny and Daly especially have played themselves into that first test. If you'd ask. Gatlin before we put, uh, started the tour with either of them be starting. I don't think many would have said yes. Have you been surprised by the way some people have come out and played them at all? I'm sure you've been following it. Yeah, um, I've been pretty surprised by Daly to be honest. I remember when the squad came out, there was a bit of an uproar, um, especially of him going going as a 13. Like he's, he's not played there in however long, but he, to be fair to him, he's done really well. Um, and probably Duan's been a lot, not surprised, but like he's obviously been just like chomping at the bit away with, a bit with Scotland and then he's gone out there with the Lions tour and just absolutely carved up so that's been a pretty welcome surprise seeing as he's he's coming to the to the Warriors next year so no I think those two have been have been pretty impressive I must say yeah well but it's so much popping on um one last question as we ask most of our guys is obviously for you I mean you're fortunate done at half time but what's been your favorite moment in your career is it the debut or is it something else it's tough to say. I think. It doesn't matter. I think if, it's if there's a particular memory from Warwick or wherever else, you can um, Played we probably at Warwick actually. We had a um, I had a couple of goes to go to Twickenham and the, the Daily Mail Cup. So that's probably the most special one. Just looking back, like being being surrounded by all your mates and then having friends and family like the Blue and White Army. We used to call it in the crowd. Like they were they're pretty cool. So probably that one. Yeah, just going to Twickenham with with all your pals and all your all the boys like that. And then the other one would be probably first game at home um, when we had fans back in against Leicester. It was only like four thousand, but just. Like, I think we scored pretty early on and just hearing the roar, like we scored in front of where all the fans were and that, that was like, blindly like, this is this is some pretty cool stuff. So th- those two are the ones that probably stick out of me. 
mainly. Yeah, I understand. Awesome. Well, thanks, buddy. Thanks so much. Have, enjoy your holiday. Um, and best of luck for the next season. And hopefully we'll see you tearing it up both for the under-20s and for the Worcester. Thanks very much, mate. Cool. All the best. No worries. Cheers. Take care. to the Tap and Go podcast. I'm Guy Thompson and I'm a Loose Heads ambassador. The mental health movement normalising the conversation in rugby. Head over to looseheads.co.uk and get 15% off at the checkout now with code Tap and Go. Take care. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favourite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.